Hello, bold and conscious leader. Welcome to our new and refreshed 2022 season of the Bold Conscious Connections podcast, where we bring to you people who have shown special courage, character, and consistency to express themselves fully. After all, as long as we're alive, we want to live a full life, don't we? So our guests that we bring demonstrate that they do not want to die with their gifts because we're all meant to be given gifts that we share with others. And this is how we play our part in raising our collective consciousness in this world through this podcast called Bold Conscious Connections. So without further ado, let me bring on our guest today. Talk about bold and conscious leadership. Taiwan Scott was born and raised in New Jersey. His 92-year-old grandmother was born and raised in Hilton Head Island in South Carolina, which is why he came to visit the island every year since he was a child. He went to high school in Virginia, and then so he could be close to his grandparents, went to college in Charleston, and then moved to Hilton Head to be with his family later on in life. When he realized the loss of the Gullah land, which really relates to the native African-American community of the island, he had an epiphany. As he observed the lack of the community's integration into the mainstream because of zoning, Taiwan had his mission cut out to help the elevation of his community and with the support of his Argentinian wife and his two kids, his movement began. Tai stood to confront the authorities for a level playing field for the Gullah community on an island that is known for its natural beauty and thriving tourism, of which this community gets very little benefit. His story and his work as a leader for what he believes in is the subject of this conversation I had with him a few days ago. He is a living example of what it means to be a bold and conscious leader. And let me not stand in the way of you and this amazing conversation with Taiwan. I am so delighted, you guys, to introduce my friend Taiwan Scott. Taiwan Scott, I met him um, about a year and a half ago when I moved to Hilton Head, Bluffton area. And it was in the context of, you know, choice of food. And he was the first person that reached out to me. But Taiwan is not about food necessarily, guys. He has represented, you know, entrepreneurs. He's encouraged entrepreneurship on the island uh, for the African-American community. And I'm going to dig a little deeper into his mission and, and what it is that he's been doing. Uh, he is he was just featured recently in the 12 Black People to Know in this area. And welcome, Tai, and thank you for being here. Thank you, Raju, for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure to be a part of um, uh, what you do. Uh, you do so much, so uh, I appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. So we're going to go dive right into who you are, Ty, why people who are listening to this podcast, typically leaders in their own right, entrepreneurs, want to be entrepreneurs and, and all from all walks of life. And, you know, I, your, your story is inspiring and we'll get into that. So, so. Tell them a little bit about why they should be listening to this conversation. Well, I'm um, originally from East Orange, New Jersey. Uh, my family is um, from Hilton Head Island, South Carolina. Here, I've been, I've been coming to Hilton Head as long as I can remember, um, spending summers here with my grandmother, uh, and always um, just loved the island feel, the island vibe. Um, growing up in East Orange was pretty much uh, the brick city, city, you know, concrete everywhere, and you know, came down here to Hilton Head uh, for the summers and, you know, I would kick my shoes off and run around barefoot and 
first job was right here on Hilton Head and just learned how to swim uh, in the creeks of Hilton Head. Uh, so just this has always been home for me. I just always love Hilton Head and um, the experience of uh, the Gullah culture, you know, just the, the communal living um, feel of uh, being being a part of Hilton Head. So you've said Gullah culture, and I've been coming to the island for 30 plus years myself, pretty much every year. And so I had no clue until I read your stories and got to know you over the past 18 months about what all this is about. And, oh my God, it's like, you know, we'll come as, we'll come as tourists. We spend a week and we have a great good time either, you know, being on the beach, golfing, doing all the different things. Now I hesitate to play golf on the particular course, but we'll, you know, like, wow. So tell, tell, tell the audience about the Gullah culture. Well, the, the, the Gullah culture, Gullah Geechee, they call, um, we're part of a um, historical area that actually Congress uh, designated as the um, Gullah Geechee Heritage Corridor that extends from uh, Wilmington, I believe, it, I believe it's Wilmington, North Carolina, down to Jacksonville, Florida. And it's basically the area that's um, along the coast that, that's 30 miles from the coast. And we can trace our lineage, our heritage back to, to West Africa. So we, we have been able to retain, because we're in the areas where it's uh, isolated islands, you know, here on Hilton Head, and we were able to retain a lot of the culture from Africa uh, as far as um, foods and using the river to, um, to survive and planting and, you know, things of that nature. So it, it's, it's uh, one of the um, cultures here that, that's, definitely has a, a huge impact when it comes down to the history of, of, uh, of the United States. And being here on Hilton Head, uh, we have an area called Mitchellville, and Mitchellville was, um, was a first freedman village where after hmm. the, uh, the Union Army uh, ran the Confederates off, they actually um, had this area here where it was a self-sustained village where we had our own uh, hospitals and police uh, stations and, and stores and I mean, it was almost like an experiment. Well, it was an experiment to see if the former enslaved uh, people could could survive. And uh, we've been thriving here um, ever since. And it, it's it's sad that you, you say you've been coming here for so long um, because the history of, of the Gullah culture has always, in my opinion, been isolated and, and, and kind of kept to the side. It never really been um, has been expressed and given the, the type of acknowledgement that I think it deserves. So with two to three million tourists that come here every year, uh, they're probably no different than me, unaware, ignorant about all that went on, right? Is that what you're saying? Because yeah. no one, I mean, no one as a tourist would go visit Mitchell Field in, you know, in the old days, I guess. So I want to ask you then, I, I know your grandmother was born here as well. So that's like a really, uh, the whole generations that you've been coming here. What is it that led you to, to do? What is the mission that you're after at this point? Well, uh, coming to Hilton Head, I started living in Hilton Head with my grandmother in, in 97. I went to a college in Charleston. Well, let me back up. My mom moved us out of uh, New Jersey when I was 13 years old and um, relocated us to uh, Hampton, Virginia. So I grew up in Hampton, Virginia, but uh, Summers has always been Hilton Head. Uh, mm. So when I left Hampton, I went to uh, Charleston Southern University. And again, the goal was always to get closer to my grandmother. You know, I always mm. wanted to be next to her. My grand, my grandmother used to own a um, 
we call juke joint. You know, hmm. it's a place. What is the juke joint? Down the down a dirt road, and you only knew about it if you knew somebody who knew about it. And it would be a place where uh, they would have uh, music and dancing and and food. Uh, she had motorcades that would come in uh, from all across uh, Tennessee, Atlanta, just uh, coming to the Black Beach. Yeah, this means mm-hmm. this locals was on the beach. It's um the name is still here, Burks Beach. Uh, that's my family, um, the Burks, and uh, my grandmother actually married a Burke, and hmm. um, so it, it was a, a fun and interesting experience because Burke's Hideaway was the name of the place, was oh. where the elder folks went. So they would have the um, the jukeboxes there, and they would have the old oldies but goodies playing all the time. So that was that was a wow. life that I grew up with. You know, wow. in experience, yes. So, so my grandmother was actually in uh, Sea Pines in oh, wow. town, Broadix Point. So everybody knows the the, the lighthouse, um, mm. the Sea Pines Golf Course. So that was the area where my grandmother was actually born at. So go back to the mission as to what led you to whatever the mission is. So let, describe your, what is it that you're trying to do or have been trying to do for these years? Well, uh, just being here on Hilton Head, um, I'm, I'm a licensed real estate agent mm-hmm. and um just working with the local community, you know, I, I decided that I wanted to um, to open up a business. And after kind of doing some research, I was able to find out that um, there hasn't been a local native to be able to open up a new business in new buildings on their property since the town of Hilton Head Out was incorporated since 1983. So this became a challenge for me. You know, why, why is this happening? Um, you know, Culturally, we we lived on a portion of our property and had businesses on the other portion. Lived in the back, had businesses on the front. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a booklet that circulated around that had uh, all the Native Island businesses on it. So today, when you drive around the island, you don't see those businesses. Mm-hmm. So I, I decided to, uh, to open up a business on Hilton Head on my property. Um, and uh, the goal was to have a location. I didn't want to be anybody's boss. To mm. have the location to um, to for small entrepreneurs to be able to come and set up uh, almost like a pop up shop with a with um, pop up shops with an anchor uh, food truck, you know, on on the property to to get people in. So have small entrepreneurs either doing um, their cooking or um, just around food. It's yeah, it's Sorry. largely around food. It's all about food. Yes. Yeah, but not not only food, um, whatever their culture, whatever they like to do in a form of expression, it could be jewelry, it could be sweet mm. mass baskets, I see. just just a variety of things. But all that you've been through and the challenges you've been through since 1997, so the mission was to you know, open up the ideas for opportunities and entrepreneurs within the community so that they can rise. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, in terms of yes, your give them, give and then what what turned you on to that other than well you saw them suffer or you saw them the fact that they were always segregated and and not given the benefits of this of, of what's going on it's 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 the fact that you know people can't afford storefronts um, mm. so basically giving them a place that they could uh, come and open up a small business and then target the tourist to come in and experience and cater to, you know, these small entrepreneurs. Um, the hardest thing here on Hilton Head is land retention. 
Um, so the, the families have to be able to pay their taxes because, of course, the tax taxes continue to rise. We're in a high tourist designated area, and just being able to just survive and sustain when mm. has been the goal. Um, but then we hit a roadblock. <laughs> yes, talk yeah, about those. We, we hit a yes, we hit a roadblock uh, with the local municipality. Now, again, when I when I spoke to the elders in the community about previously having small businesses, um, you know, it, 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 it was almost as though it, well, it is as though we, we, the roadblock came in with the town, with the ordinances and zoning, which uh, basically has been a hindrance to the native Gullah community. We're surrounded by plantations, uh, gated communities with their rules yep. and their regulations. And those um, regulations have been imposed on us. Um, so it literally took me almost seven years to get a, an open air sales venue uh, hmm. establishment open on Hilton Head. Um, it, it's uh, it's unbelievable what I had to go through, but it really comes down to um, perseverance and uh, um, challenging the system, you know, and and in calling calling it like we see it like we saw it and what we were experiencing. Um, and I think um, the system, the government did not like that we were making um, not only uh, local attention, but national attention. We were bringing mm -hmm. national attention to what was happening to this Gullah culture on this world-class resort destination. Um, so it, it, like I said, it took seven years to get, get to the point, but uh, we broke a mold. Hmm. We broke them all. Um, now we have other small business owners um, who are opening up small businesses on their property. Hmm. Uh, but it was challenging. It was it was definitely challenging. Um, and without the support of my wife and uh, my two children, hmm. uh, I think I would have given up a long time ago because hmm. it was um, ties to troublemaker in the community. Hmm. You know, uh, even though what we were saying was true about, you know, land loss and zoning restrictions and ordinance restrictions, I felt like the the native elder community did not want um, to engage the government. Uh, mm -hmm. They didn't want to make it waves. So it, it truly came down to um, uh, standing alone. I mean, I had some some support from some family members, but um, I knew that there was a goal and I knew that there was a purpose behind it. What it really took was me understanding and realizing that it wasn't the government targeting me personally, mm -hmm. targeting uh, the community as a whole. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, so that, that was, that was, it took some time for me to realize that. Um, and then once I realized that I, I understood that it's bigger than me, it's bigger than Ty, there's a purpose here and, uh, whatever challenges we have to, uh, endure, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna continue going forward and we succeeded. Yes. So, uh, I'm going to post, uh, in the show notes, at least the article, which sort of summarizes, uh, which you went through and th there was a court case and all this stuff and congratulations on the win. <laughs> many, uh, <laughs> many you know what, Roger, what, what, what was really sad is um, when I when I reached out to local attorneys, um, mm -hmm. 
multiple, uh, you know, you wouldn't believe how many times I told my story. Uh, multiple attorneys um, would tell me that you have uh, a lot of issues here um, and you're in the right, but uh, we have to live here and we're not going to go up against the municipality. Hmm. So that was what I felt that was sad is they acknowledged that the town was treating me wrong and not only treating me wrong, the bigger picture was and still is they were treating the native community wrong. Right. And no one would, um, would take up that fight. Uh, and it took, it took a long time before we actually finally got somebody. Well, leadership is about, you know, having a mission, whether, whether you, I mean, obviously you believe in your heart that you're right and you're doing it for a bigger purpose. And I think that is the key. And for me, the learning, just getting to know you, these, these, uh, you know, months that I've been here, it's like, you know, I just feel so connected to, to the purpose that you have and everything you do is, is so sacred and so important. So I, I, I'm just, um, you know, I, this is, this is what entrepreneurship is about. Doesn't matter the money, doesn't matter whatever, right? Uh, success definition is not about money, but the fact that there has been such, and you know, this is, this has gone on in the world, you know, as far as the, 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 the distinction and the, the, uh, the diversity not being respected and things just, you know, go in one direction and then wherever the money is that drives the equation. So I don't want to get into sociology, religion, money, politics. So I, that's not the purpose of this. The purpose is to really, for those listening to, to don't feel oppressed in life, but you know, there is always going to be power imbalance and things like that, but you know, whatever drives you in your heart, if you lead with your heart, you'll figure out a purpose that helps you. And, you know, we all learn from traumas and turning points in our lives come from those challenges because that becomes the path. Because, you know, whatever whatever you've been instilled with to, to, to move forward, that's also divine. And you have to respect that and pursue it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, just just because, because there's a bump in the road, don't let that stop you. You know, you, yep. you keep going. Um, you know, we started with trying to get local media coverage uh, and that didn't happen. They would always twist story around. Yeah. Uh, so we, we, we actually sought national attention. Um, we had uh, uh, different groups that kind of came in and, I mean, just kind of really put some national pressure on, on the town, uh, highlighting the injustices that was going on. Uh, we had a New York Times best-selling author came down and kind of highlighted um, what was happening here in Hilton Head. Featured um, our our establishment. The New York Times picked up on that. I mean, and that was a shock for the town of Hilton Head Island. Here's here's little Ty. You know, his 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 story is in the New York Times. Uh, yeah. Soledad O'Brien. Uh, they did they featured um, an, uh, a documentary here. And we're, we're, we're on that as well. Yeah. So just you know, taking whatever avenue that we could to get, um, to get the word out and uh, keep, keep our name in their face, <laughs> you know, make them remember who we are. You know, you, you, you stopped us for so long um, and uh, just, just different levels. And, and now uh, being a part of a, um, there was a federal redistricting, a lawsuit and for our congressional district. Um, and I, I'm the plaintiff in that, along with the um, NAACP Legal Defense Fund, the um, South Carolina NAACP, and the ACLU. Um, so once again, you know, keeping 
bringing bringing the attention to to Hilton Head, um, yes. and I, I have to say, um, you know, I've I've been in and out of courts. Um, I, I like to follow cases and things of that nature, but um, I was able to testify uh, before um, a con- three judge panel. You know, um, in in be able to tell what's happening here, you know, in, in Hilton Head and throughout, throughout the Delegate Corridor. So that, that definitely um, keeps the pressure. You know, we have a saying that uh, they love the culture, but not the people when it comes down to the, the Gullah, the Gullah Geechee people. Um, you know, they have gotten enough information that they technically won't need us to be around. You know, they can, t- they can still tell our story without us being here. So we want we want to prevent that. We want to we want to be we want to be here. We want to continue to be here. So in the documentary that you referred to, which I watched with 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 such shock as well as admiration, um, the one thing that people know about Hilton Head, one of the many things, but one of the big ones, is the Heritage Golf uh, Classic, right? The, the golf tournament that happens every year, right after the Masters in Augusta. So. In the documentary, you were, you know you talked about the 18th hole and what what that means to you. Can you just touch on it very briefly because that is what re- literally I haven't gone to play golf there, and I just don't know what to make of it to be honest. Yeah, a, a lot of people just don't know, and um, I think it's 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 designed that way. But the uh, the 18th hole, there's my family cemetery down there oh. at the 18th, and. Uh, I mean, if you drive down there, it's 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 so real, you know. When you when you get down there and you see these these buildings, you know, basically right on top of the cemetery, and um, culturally, uh, with our with our culture, we we buried the dead close to the water so the souls can get back to Africa. Huh. And when you look out and you see that 18th hole, right? We know that. The cemetery is there. Mm. We 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 know that. So it's it's. Um, I I try. I mean, it, it's difficult. It it really is difficult. And if if the golfers were to only know that there was a cemetery there, I mean, some of them may not care, but um, someone I think some of them you know may show the respect. And uh, mm. what would what would I would love to see? I would I would love to see. Um, an event such as the Heritage Golf Tournament, um, and just maybe one year, everybody stops at the seventeenth. Yeah, out of respect for the the the, the that that stair. I mean that that would be a an amazing tribute, I guess. Yes. Yeah, I mean, so maybe I mean this is a way to. I'm I'm, I'm just one of the little guys here trying to help uh, get that out because that's important when I've heard that. From that documentary, and um, I think I think you should continue to push for that, and uh, we'll just get the word out. It's it's important. I mean, you've done it in many ways, but this is this is it hits close to home for people who who are golfers here and they come here all the time. And it's but the question, Raju, is you know how does something like that happen? You know, um, there's there's studies and you know, groups that that have come especially here in Hilton Head in, in archived um, different structures or historical buildings and historical areas. And then you, you look at that list 
and you go out there today and you find, you know, buildings and, you know, homes. How, how does that happen when it's already been documented that there's some type of historical significant uh, structure or, or activity or something in, in that particular area? So uh, it, it's heartbreaking to see that the government allows that to happen. And I think um, it's going to take um, the Congress, you know, up up at up the state house to propose bills that can um, actually help protect um, these these historical locations and structures. Yeah. Uh, when when I look at the 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 U.S. Congress says that we are so important that they dedicate a whole corridor to us, yes. but uh, they don't help to to implement. Uh, sustainable economic development opportunities or avenues for economic de- development uh, or uh, losing land b- based on uh, taxes. Uh, we we say, put your money where your mouth is. You know, it, it, it's good to say, okay, we, these, we love these people. We love this culture of these people, but you have to implement something to, to help protect them. Yep. Well, uh, maybe we take this offline and I try to help you in whatever way I can. I mean, we're, but I'm sure that a lot has been done, but, not everything has ever been done, right? We always keep it all, going. It all comes down to awareness. I mean, people yeah. just don't know. Like you say, you come in here, you didn't know. I didn't know. So, and there's a lot of people who live in the gated communities who have been here and still don't know, you know yep. because it's out of sight, out of mind. You know? yep. So we got to just make them aware. So let's talk about, switch gears to food, and then we'll talk a little bit about leadership lessons in life. So What's with the food? Uh, it's Gullah, Gullah food that everybody not wants to talk about these days. They go, well, they, they want to talk about Gullah food and they don't talk about the Gullah community. So I think we've touched the community. So you have a, a, your establishment is called Beautiful Island Square on the island. Yes. I have been there and have had the blessing to meet your family, your grandmother, your children, your wife, one amazing wife, Lisa from Argentina. And... Tell us about what's this thing about food. Yes. Well, Beautiful Island Square, uh, it's called Beautiful Island Square Authentic Cultural Experience. And so that's what we we want to give people. Um, And uh, just a history about Beautiful Island uh, Square is um, my name is Taiwan, which the island of Taiwan used to be Formosa, which means beautiful island. So that's where the name came from, Beautiful Square. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, and it was interesting to find out that, you know, Taiwan was, was once uh, Formosa, which means beautiful island. So that it, it's, it just stuck. It stuck. It sticks with me. Okay. So the goal is to just give, give people an experience. Um, we, when we first started out um, the goal, we had a, a group, a local um, partnership, uh, Gullah Geechee Catering was their name, uh, who was going to be the anchor business in, in uh, Beautiful Island Square. Uh, but after the back and forth with the town, they have um, opened up another business somewhere else. Uh, so now it's um, just catering to, I mean, we have different um, cultural, um, uh, different cultures out there. Actually, we have a truck there now from Venezuela. Uh, we had previously had a group from Jamaica, and uh, now we have someone from Mexico that's in there. You yourself popped up a couple of times with the Indian. Um, and we're still trying to get a, um, a local Gullah um, entrepreneur in there to come in, to come and run, run the business. Uh, 
when people come, they want that. They they want to have the local uh, cooking, the local cuisine, and just that local experience. I mean, you can go anywhere and and eat at one of the the fancy uh, franchises, but I mean, our place is is just real. It's down to earth. You know, it's it's open. You know, picnic tables and in in tents and. You know, you can you can come out and just experience the different cultures. I mean, and, and that's what we want. We want people to come in and see uh, where we are in our community and experience. Uh, we have a, a, a huge Hispanic population here on the island, um, so we just want to give people an opportunity to um, to engage with us as well. Well, I love being there, as you know. Um, I've always I've done it twice, as you said, with Indian food. Fits right between Venezuela and Jamaican there. Uh, yes. You know, heck, if I get inspired, I might just, you know, learn gala cooking myself. What the heck? Um, eat it. It's crazy. <laughs> eat it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's been a great experience uh, getting to know you and working with you. So, you know, this podcast is about leadership and entrepreneurship and being bold and conscious. It's called Bold Conscious Connections or Bold Conscious Leadership. So for for people who are navigating the uncertainties of today, leaving aside specific community issues, but from your own learning um, and all that you've been through, what advice would you give to someone who's, you know, I mean, yes, there's an economy, the uncertainty, the recession's coming, you know, the wars are still continuing, but there's uncertainty at every time in life. But this seems to be a, a year coming up that's like no other. What advice would you give people navigating uncertainties of 2023, uh, Ty? I would say believe and invest in yourself and, and don't let uh, anyone um, deter you from your goal. Um, it took seven years for me to open up a business, um, but I believed in that business. And I, and I knew that by me opening my business, it will break a mold and it will show other small entrepreneurs that they can do it too. Um, they, they can, they can invest in themselves. They can follow their dream. Um, my, like I said, my, my goal was never to, to be anyone's boss, but just to give other entrepreneurs an avenue. But you never mm. know where, where it will take you, you know, you never know. Um, so just, just, given that position and opening that door to other entrepreneurs, um, that, that, that's because I know we, we, we need to be able to keep our land. And I mean, in a place like Hilton head with, with millions of people who come every year, uh, there's an avenue there that, that we need to be able to tap into, uh, um, you know, everybody who comes and they, they, they vacation, uh, it's not all about the beach and, golf and tennis and, you know, bicycle paths, you know, they can come in now and they can experience, um, something authentic, you know, mm -hmm. um, you know, so that's what it, you know, fo follow your dream. That, that's what mm -hmm. it really comes down to when no, no matter how long it takes, you know, you continue pressing forward. Um, uh, we have a belief. I, I believe that, you know, God doesn't put anything in front of us that we can't handle, you sure. know, um, that, simultaneously with heartache, there's ease. So the, the moment that you know that you, you have an obstacle in front of you, there should be a sense, uh, if you believe, there should be a sense that it's, it's, it's a bump in the road. Yep. You know, and you just have to 
you know, overcome it and just keep moving forward. That, that's that's my personal belief, you know, mm-hmm. that you, you can if if you want to and you have the will to continue moving forward. Beautiful. And, you know, what comes through for me always about you is that you're you're so humble and you're very grounded and it keeps you keeps you. I mean, everybody I, I know uh, loves you. I walk into that Walmart with, you know, happen to run into you. And your wife and it's like hi ty hi ty i'm like wow look at this guy everybody yes. seems to know you so yeah. nothing that that uh that all that you've done and and the, the fights that you've had to overcome can can come without you being bold in life so we're talking about bold and conscious what what is it what does it mean when i say bold to you <laughs> uh, immediately is um confronting for me, what was bold was uh, confronting the uh, the local municipality, um, and I think uh, you mentioned being humble. It was more. I think it was more surprising to them that I wasn't irate and yelling and screaming. Uh, it was always I kept my composure and I stuck to the facts, you know. And and that took a lot uh, mm. from. You know, people would come to me and say, I don't know how you do it. I mean, you've you've been through so much and you know what they're doing, but you can just go there and you can read your statement uh, and and just walk away with so much ease and come back the next, you know, the next month and do it, do it again. Uh, and I, I had someone one time come to me and said, like, it isn't going to make a difference. You're just mm-hmm. repeating the same thing. And. Nobody's listening and um, they can care less. Uh, but eventually, you know, it got to who it needed to get to and we made that change. Um, so yeah. somebody had to submit and say, okay, this is, this is, this is wrong and yeah. we have to do something. And um, I mean, they can't deny the facts and that's what it really came down to. Yeah. They could try to overlook them as much as possible, but sure. uh, being bold enough to, um, to confront them you know, and, and call them out on the injustices. So, you know, our, in our book, in my book that you've read, uh, we define bold as being decisive, ambitious, being con- convinced of what you believe in, which you've touched on all of them, humble and heart-centered. So is there anything with, with that that resonates more or is there another thing you would add to, to your own definition of bold? I think being heart centered. I, I I really stress. I would stress the being being heart centered, because mm. once once it's in there, you know, in you you believe you have belief in your belief. <laughs> yes, sir. You know, you nothing should stop you. Um, uh, just just believe in yourself. It really comes down to believing in self, and it's not easy. It's, yeah. it's definitely not easy. There'll always be negativity around you. Um, but um, for me, it really took, you know, my my family, you know, my wife, my kids. Uh, so many times I wanted to give up. And I mean, literally tears coming down my eyes. Mm. Yeah, I give up. I give up. I can't, I can't win. I can't, they, they're, they're, you know, we can't fight the system. And yeah. uh, Lisa would say, okay, you finish? dry the tears and get back out there. You know, it's like, 
you know, you got a job, you know, there's something that you need to do. And, um, you know, my daughter Geneva, you know, came in and said, well, maybe I'll just submit and just move the buildings like they want me to. Daddy, if you move it, you know, we'll move it back, you know? So that's their inspiration. And, and my son, I think he, at the time was seven or eight years old. And, and he came to me one evening before going to bed and said, um, don't worry, dad, everything that's in the dark will come to the light. Wow. It's like, at seven or eight years old. Yeah. So and, where, does that, where does that come from? Exactly. Where, where does that come from? <laughs> at eight years old. And I think it was just a low time in my life that, you know, here it is. I'm up two, three, four o'clock in the morning studying and just trying to prepare, you know, what, what's the next avenue to try to get justice. And, um, yeah, it, it really came down to them being there for me and saying, we support you. We're here. And there's a task that you need to do. And it's bigger than you, you know, love that's loved. Yes. And, and I know your wife is so spiritual and I think that's just, I'm sure she has a lot to do with this too. That's amazing. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And there, there's nothing a, a man can't do without having a support right there with mm-hmm. from his wife. I, I, so the second word is conscious. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. So conscious, uh, you're a very conscious person. I know that. Uh, what does it mean to you to be conscious and what practices do you have every day that allow you to, 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 to be conscious, if you will? Well, um, the first thing I do when I get up is when it, as soon as I put my feet on the ground, I say, thank you. Uh, I say, thank you to God. I have another day, um, to go out and make a difference, make a change whatever it is and just being aware that um I'm, i've been given another opportunity you know to make a difference and and that's that's i think it really comes down to that is um knowing that there's a purpose and that you have a purpose um uh, yeah that's 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 how yeah love it all right so last question before i let you go you know, I don't, we don't take anything for granted in life, right? As you say. Exactly. So, uh, the thing is that I always learn a lot from you. I always feel uplifted talking to you. Always feel like this is a, this is a, this is real in life, what you, what you go through. And, and I, and I'm honored to call you my friend. So I appreciate yeah. you very much. So I don't take anything for granted. In that same vein, is there anything in this conversation that we just had? that you might've discovered about yourself. I know you've been through many courts, et cetera, but this is just a conversation we're having. Um, something that I've discovered about myself, uh, it's, it's, it's hard to say because every day I, I feel it's something, um, it's a learning experience. Um, and sometimes I forget things that I've, I've been through, um, and the determination and, uh, you know, my wife, she always kind of reminds me of, of things. And sometimes I guess you, you forget the negative. You try to forget the negative sometime. Um, but you use that to, to, to move you, move yourself forward. Um, but just, just the, the experience of being able to express and talk about, you know, things that I've gone through. Um, I'm hoping that it will enlighten somebody to, 
follow their dream and make make a difference in in their life and in others' lives. You know, and, and once you realize that um, the journey is bigger than yourself, um, you know that there's a purpose behind it, and it it, it really helps um, keep keep you moving forward. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it really does. And, um, sometimes just talking about it, you know, um, uh, definitely definitely helps. Um, so I, I definitely appreciate you know the opportunity to um, to share with with your audience. Um, the 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 trial that I went through, um, but it, it it was a growing. Um, it, I, I feel like I grew in the last seven years. Um, sadly, I feel like I lost time as well, uh, because I feel like um, doing these challenges, um, and I, I say this to my wife uh, that it kind of took away from family time. Mm-hmm, of course, know, because I was you know spending so much time you know, reading and, and studying and challenging and town meetings and, you know, everything that I felt was the priority. And the priority was for me was getting this establishment open and and, and breaking yeah. the mold. But there was a sacrifice for my family, you know, at, at sure. the same time. Um, so, and I, I appreciate them. And I, I definitely express that to them a lot that, um, you know, what I've gone through is to better them better us, better the community. And, and I appreciate them um, understanding that and supporting me on that. Beautiful. Yeah. Anything else you'd like to say, uh, to people that maybe they don't know about you or, uh, or just end on a note where I think you, you've well, said many beautiful things. I'm going to to the head, uh, swing by beautiful Island square. You can follow us on Facebook. It's called Beautiful Island Square. You're on Hilton Head, and um, tell me that you saw me <laughs> on Bold and Conscious Connections, you know, with Raju, and come by and, and introduce yourself, and um, just kind of spread the word. Let people know that you know the Gullah community is still here, um, and you know, reach out. You know, come by and find out uh, about the history of the Gullah community, and um, you know, if, if if there's a business, go out and and, and cater to them. You know, and mm-hmm. people know if they they're coming to Hilton Head, swing by and and, and check check out Beautiful Island Square. We we would love the support. Beautiful. All right. On that note, Ty, thank you so much for for being here, and uh, I'm sure we'll be in touch. And there's a lot more in person to to talk about. Thanks again. I Take care. Time to eat. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Take care. Hold on. I really hope you enjoyed this episode today. We strive to bring you conversations that make you think, reflect, and perhaps inspire you to take even one little step in your path towards personal growth and greater wisdom. Please download the show or the podcast episode that you just heard and leave us a comment so that we can continue to bring you meaningful and relevant topics in the future. Take care and thank you so much.